Yeah, guys, again, my name is Levi, um, and I've been going here to Restoration since the very beginning. I was here on the first Sunday when we met at um, Compassionate Heart um, over off of Chicago Drive. And um, so, yeah, I've been here for a while. I know a lot of you guys, but um, and uh, I don't know if, if you didn't know, I spent three months in Zambia doing a three-month mission training. It was called AMT, stands for Advanced Mission Training. Um, and it was three months of classes of of worship, of being poured into, of ministering to the people there. Um, and and so that was a really powerful experience, you know. And it, it, it it's it's design is to set people up for a life on the mission field. Um, and, and their goal is that they can place you in any country, in any situation, in any culture, and, and you can thrive for the gospel. You can go make a change for the name of Jesus. Um, and so during that time, we, we went on three different expeditions where we spent a week out in the, in the bush in Zambia, sleeping in tents. Um, you know, we're cooking our food on the fire. Um, but during the day, we're going house to house, ministering to the people of the village, um, sharing the name of Jesus, praying for them, um, and, and just encouraging them. Um, and, and so that was really powerful. And then in between those expeditions, we were, we were having class time. We had, a, uh, we had an identity class. We had leadership class preaching class, um, character class. We had a shop class. So like we learned vehicle mechanics and, and, and different stuff like that. Um, we had, you know, culture class. So all of these things that kind of prepare you for, for the world and prepare you for a life on the mission field. Um, and, and I saw Dave posted yesterday on, on Restoration's Instagram page, a picture of me holding a, a large snake um, and, and I felt I should probably share that story. It's nothing crazy, but, <laughs> um, I was up, I was up in the northern, the northwest part of Zambia, um, um, at one of Overland's bases and, um, they were building a house there and, and the workers, um, you know, they're building the house and they see the snake and it went up a tree, right? And so they, they all got, all these workers grabbed rocks, threw these rocks at the snake, knocked the snake out of the tree and then, and, and beat it with a, a stick and killed it. So <laughs> like, if that's not the most African thing, you know, like, <laughs> um, I wasn't there when they killed it. Um, I wish I was to see that or to throw rocks at it. That'd be pretty cool. But it ended up being a black mamba, which is one of the most deadly snakes in the world. Um, they say you have three to 10 minutes to live if you get bit by one. Um, and so, uh, yeah, there, there's a picture. This one was about eight feet long and, um, they're super fast and they can like stand up on their tail and they like look down on you. It's really, it's yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> if that snake was alive, I would have been miles in the other direction, you know? So, um, there was another time Two days before I came back to um, to the U.S., um, I was packing up my stuff in my tent, and uh, one of my other other buddies who was in my AMT class, he was doing the same thing, a couple tents down, and he comes running over. He goes, Levi, there's a snake in my tent, and he's not the kind of person who will, who will do something about it, so I was like, all right, well, so <laughs> so we, we walk over there. I grab a stick on the way, and he's like, oh, it's right there, and, and we look, and it wasn't there. Um, we move like, some stuff out of the way, can't find it. So we're like, all right, let's make sure this, this snake isn't harmless before we do anything else. And so we went, found the base manager. He's like, oh, it's a completely harmless snake. So we're like, all right. Um, so on our way back, I grabbed some like welding gloves from the warehouse because like, you know, even if if I do get, I, I just, I don't want to get bit by this thing, you know, even, and so we go and we start poking around in his tent and we, we can't find it. And like, he's got stuff all over the floor because he was packing up all of his stuff. And, um, and, and, and so then I picked up his duffel bag 
and the snake came out of this duffel bag, slithered behind like this this um, dresser that was, you know, because these were like big tents, so there was like two cots and a dresser, and they're like, oh man. So then we just start pulling everything out of the tent, like absolutely everything, nothing on the floor. We take out most of the stuff on the dresser, and we still can't find it. And the only things that are left are, of course, the beds in the dresser, and then a suitcase underneath the bed. Pull the suitcase out, and the snake is behind the suitcase. So I go, I get it on the stick that's in my hand, and I should have just grabbed it because it slithered off the snake and through the smallest hole in the back of the tent and got away. But um, so there were some interesting things that happened <laughs> during my time there. Um, you know, once the rains came, there were bugs everywhere, large bugs too. Um, this is our AMT class. Um, the expeditions that we would go on, we'd take those big trucks out, uh, load up all our gear, and all of us and it got in the in the bush and and we live out in the bush for a week um so yeah it was a really really powerful time um on our on our last expedition uh about two weeks before we came back to the states uh we were in a village and um the very last night we were there we we invited all the headmen from the surrounding villages to come and and we prepared them um a, a meal and we prepared them. It's called shima. It's their, it's their, that's what they eat there. Um, it's like, it looks like mashed potatoes, but it's made from corn and it, it's kind of sticky. And, um, you know, people kind of compare it to like Ethiopian food where, you know, you use your hands to like pick up other stuff. So they often eat it with um, like chicken and cabbage. Um, and so we prepared that for them and, and we prayed over them and we shared with them. And, you know, we all went around and, you know, we're like, thank you for allowing us to come to your village. And they're like, come back, you know, come back. We want you to come back, you know. And um, so it was just awesome to see, like, even these leaders of these villages are like, they were changed um, by, by the gospel in our time there. Um, and they had seen so much change in their people um, throughout that week that we had been there. Um, and so, and then we would have night meetings. So that's what, that's what this one is, um, where during the day where we would, when we would be um, out ministering to people house to house, we would invite them. We're saying, hey, we're having, we're having a night meeting tonight um, at the soccer pitch. Uh, come at 7 o'clock, and, you know, we're going we're gonna to worship, and we're going we're gonna to teach and preach. Um, and so, you know, we might, every night meeting, you have maybe 100 people there, and, and we sing Zambian worship songs, which is really fun. Um, and then, you know, people will share their testimonies, and, and they'll share Bible stories, and they'll share um, the gospel with them. And we'd pray over the people, and, and we'd worship with them. And so that was a super special time, super cool time. And um, so a lot of awesome things happened during AMT. Uh, you know, I grew so much um, just spiritually and, and as a man, um, as a man of God. You know, we were surrounded by, by leaders who had been in the mission field for years. You know, some of them had been there for 20-plus years um, in, in these other countries where people feel forgotten about. And so we were able to just be poured into for three months um, and, and taught and, 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 um, and we learned and studied the Word of God. And, and so it was just a super powerful experience. Um, but this morning, Dave and I were, we were praying together um, before this, and we kept hearing, like, um, you know, people just feel disqualified and they, and they have doubt um, in, in who they are and, and in, in their ability to, to do what God has called them to do. Uh, and which was kind of, it was interesting because what I had kind of, you know, prepared is, is I wanted to talk a little bit about identity because that was a big thing that we, we learned, um, during AMT and, and it kind of fits in with that. Um, and obviously there's a huge attack on our identity, um, in America and also in Africa, people, it looks a little bit different. People just feel forgotten about, 
they feel lost. They feel like they have no hope, and and they're kind of they feel stuck in this you know daily routine um, that that they've been doing for generations. Um, and and so when you start to look in scripture, you realize that you know this isn't a new thing. The, the devil has been attacking people's identity since the very beginning. Um, Genesis three, when when you know the devil comes and tempts Eve. Um, uh, the devil says to Eve, she says, you will certainly not die if you eat of this fruit. Um, for God knows that when you eat from, from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so basically right there, you know, the devil is saying, Eve, you're not good enough. You know, like the Lord did not create you to be good enough. Um, and so this, is, this isn't a new thing. You know, the devil is, he's not very, he's not very crafty. Like he's not very creative. Um, so he just uses the same tactics over and over. <laughs> and so, um, but because of this, because people don't understand who they are in Christ, you know, they feel disqualified. They don't feel like they have what it takes to, to um, accomplish the goals that they have in life and to, to um, carry out the will of God in their life. Um, and so I just want to look at a few, few verses here um, about, you know, who God says we are and who we are um, as Christians. Um, and it, and it starts, you know, from the beginning when, um, when man fell into sin, you know, that relationship was broken and, and they were now no longer, you know, perfect. They now had sin in their lives. And because they were the, the fountainhead of the human race, um, everyone who came after that was born into a sinful nature. Uh, Romans chapter five, um, it just explains this. It says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. Um, and so as, you know, um, because, because Adam and Eve fell into sin and they were the first ones, we are now all born into a sinful nature just, just by, by nature. It is, that's our, you know, that becomes part of our DNA, you know. Um, but thankfully, the Lord had a plan because he sent his son to redeem us all and to live a completely sinless life, died for our sins, um, and, and to, to defeat death on that cross. Um, and so 1 Corinthians 15, you know, it says, uh, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last man, Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven, as was the earthly man. So are those who are of the earth. And as in the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. Um, and that's just really powerful because, yes, by nature, we are, we are sinful. We are sinful by nature. That's what we're born into. We're born into a sinful world. But, but Jesus prepared a way um, and an opportunity for us to be restored to what God created us to originally be, you know? Um, that last sentence there says, And just as we have been born in the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. Um, and I think that's, that's, I love that because it's like, um, you know, as when we, when we become Christians and when we become followers of Christ, you know, we start to look more like Jesus, you know, and he's that perfect example of who we have, you know, of, of who, um, we, we long to be and who we strive to be. Um, and, and so, um, you know, once, once you become Christians, once you become followers of Christ, um, you know, you, you, you can receive the Holy Spirit, you know, 
First uh, Corinthians three. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, and that the God and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? Um, you know, when I read this, in my mind goes to like the Holy Spirit can like live in me, <laughs> um, and and that makes me excited because the same Spirit who who raised Jesus from the dead, the same Spirit who who was there when Jesus fed the 5,000, the same spirit that led Jesus in all of his ministry, um, now lives in me as a believer, as a follower of Christ. Like, if Jesus can do all these things, why can't I? You know, if I have the same spirit, if I have the same prompting um, that he does, uh, and if I'm called to do the same things that he does, why can't I? You know, because it's not by my strength, it's by, by his strength and by the, the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit and by his power. You know, because without him, we, I mean, we, we would, we'd be nothing, you know, we have no purpose on this earth other than to live, work, retire and, and die. And, and that seems kind of pointless and I don't want to do that. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so this is, you know, it, it makes me excited because it's like the very spirit of God lives inside of me. It empowers me to do ministry. It empowers me to preach to people, empowers me to share the word of God. And it's not for my glory. It's for his glory, you know. Um, and, and so um, I, if you look in the Old Testament in, in Leviticus, uh, it has all the instructions for the tabernacle, you know, um, when it was first created and, and all of these exact dimensions and, and what goes where and what goes in the, t- in the temple, um, and, and like God had requirements for for that, and the temple was the the resting place where the, where the spirit of God dwelled in the in the Old Testament. Um, and so then you and you think about that, and you're like, oh man, if if there was, you know, if if this temple was a beautiful thing that God had like instructions for, and He had um, kind of a layout for, how much, you know, and, and the spirit of God would not rest there, you know, unless these things had been met, you know. And now the spirit of God rests in me, like. You know, God created me in a way that that is suitable for his spirit. And he created me in a way that that is worthy of of the dwelling, the indwelling of his spirit. Um, And so when I'm every time I read this and every time I'm reminded that the spirit of God dwells in me, it just it just makes me excited, you know, and I hope it makes you excited, too, because, you know, with him, we can do all things. You know, and we can go out and preach the word. We can we can bring people to the feet of Jesus, and we can pray for them. the The sick will be healed, um, the demons will be casted out, and the name of Jesus will be glorified. You know, um, another very uh, powerful um, verse, two verses that I love are First Peter two, um, nine and ten. Um, it says, "But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation." God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had to receive, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Um, you know, the, the part that I'll, I'll, I'll kind of um, focus on here for the moment is, is the royal priesthood. He says, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Um, now, priests in, in the Old Testament were, were the people who were set apart by God um, to, to mediate between him and, and, the hu- and humans. Um, they were the ones who sacrificed 
uh, animals on behalf of um, on behalf of humans um, for the forgiveness of their sins, so that they could interact with God. They were the ones that heard directly from God, um, and and they were the ones who led led God's people in worship and in teachings. Um, and so they were, you know, they were given a very special um, job in the eyes of the Lord. Um, and and so you know, here it's saying we are a royal priesthood, um, like. The royal part shows us that we we hold a status in the kingdom of heaven. You know, like we have been given an authority in the kingdom of heaven um, to do the Lord's will. You know, to do His work, to preach His word, um, and, and and to make His name known. Although um, it says you are God's chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. Um, and that right there is that's that's our purpose on the earth is to prepare to to um, declare his praises um, because of what he has done for us and because of his goodness and his love for us. Um, and so I just want to remind you guys this morning that that, you know, we we're so much more than just, you know, people who have a job to go to a nine to five or, um, you know, we, we have more than we are more than, you know, what the world says we are, where we are. Uh, chosen people set a set, set apart by God to do His will, um, and we're a royal priesthood to to preach His name so that that His glory um, that He would be glorified through our words and through our actions. Um, and so, I just want to remind you guys this morning that you know each one of us has a a plan. We were each created with a plan and a purpose for the kingdom of God, um, and and it's not by your own strength, you know. By nature, we are not qualified to do what the Lord has called us to do, but because of what he has done for you and because of his spirit that lives inside of you, we have everything we need to succeed um, in this world, to, to, pre- to preach his word, to bring people to him um, so that his name would be glorified and that people can be in heaven with God, worshiping and in fellowship with him for eternity. Um, because that's, his, that's the Lord's greatest desire is to be in relationship with us. You know, and we have the power to, to bring people in relationship with him. Um, so I just want to encourage you guys that with that this morning. Um, you know, the Lord has he's led me um, over the past couple of years uh, into a life of missions. And, and so my next step will be uh, with Austin and Tate Bonama doing tribal chaplaincy, um, meeting with the leaders in Africa, uh, ministering to them, praying with them. Um, sharing with them, uh, encouraging them, and then also training up chaplains to to advise them and to help them lead their people. Um, and so the Lord is doing amazing things with that. If you want to know more about that, come you come find me. Um, and you know, there's a, there's a big budget that has to be um, <laughs> that that comes with. So, um, but it, you know, my goal is to be there by June. Um, and so. I'd love to meet with people and, and share more about that and what the Lord is doing in that and what the Lord has done in my life. Um, and so I'm super excited for that. Um, but let me just pray real quick. Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for just the opportunity to come and worship you, um, to sit here and to glorify your name um, and just be in your presence, Lord. I thank you for your, for your, for your love for us. Lord, I thank you for everything that you've done for us, Lord. I thank you that you invite us uh, into relationship with you, 
that you invite us um, into the plan that you have um, for this world, Lord, um, so that your name can be glorified, God. Um, and so this week as we go out into our lives, Lord, let me, let's just remember who you have called us to be, who have you created us to be, um, so that we can, we can be effective ministers of the gospel and that we can bring the light of the, of, of the world um, to the places that we go, Lord. Um, and so just let us be Jesus to uh, our friends and our family and everybody that we interact with this week. In Jesus' name, amen.